Well, beyond behalf of my family, I want to say thank you again to the Covenant community for allowing us to return and be part of this award. It's uh, certainly, as you can imagine, it is a bittersweet event for us. But as our motto states, Christ preeminent in all things, even in the tragedy of death. I'm glad that you all are slowly getting back into a routine and, uh, and there's some sense of normalcy uh, that's starting to take place after this pandemic. Uh, long live all of the Scots traditions. I know what this means. Hey. I, I recently saw on the Covenant website that you all had uh, 80s skate night. I think you all called it skaties. Very clever. When I was a student here in the 80s, I, uh, we called it skate night. Uh, I, I loved your outfits. Uh, I laughed thinking, where on the world did you all come up with the idea that we dress like that? I'm missing this. Ah, come on. There you go. Yes, that's me in the Magnum PI shirt with a members only jacket. You nailed it. Very good. We can get that off. This ain't working. There we go. Well, I will say also that you all had a, your formal, a spring formal um, swing dancing. Awesome. Donna and I would loved it if we were invited. Uh, when we were students at Covenant, the, the Board of Trustees uh, believed that a praying knee could not have a dancing foot. So <laughs> dancing was prohibited. <laughs> so we had to be creative on our entertainment. Um, during April of my senior year in 1988, we had dinner theater. And uh, prom dresses were taken out of storage. Guys wore black ties. It was a classy event. Uh, the event was my classmates, uh, Kimberly Nelson's SIP project. I think you all call that capstone now. And, uh, and I was part of the cast. Friday night as we were doing our final touch-ups on rehearsal in the academic building, Sanderson Hall, I received word that my brother Danny failed to show up on his date. His girlfriend Tracy had gone over to his apartment in Rising Fawn and uh, he had been killed when a jack broke that he was working on his Bronco. Don and I raced down to the apartment to be with Tracy and we all the while praying that this was not true, but we soon had to face uh, the reality that Danny was gone. Life for me and my family would never be the same. Some changes were sudden and obvious. Others took years to process and accept and still, there are some things that God will need to explain when we are face to face. But God was so faithful to us through Danny's death. And today I, I want to share with you one of the many ways God lavished his compassion on me by using the community here at Covenant College. It was a unique way my friends cared for me immediately after Danny's death that has made such an impact in my life, even, even today. Uh, remember when I said the play was in the middle of April, my graduation was scheduled for May 7th, 
basically given me just two weeks uh, to complete my term papers and semester exam reviews and to actually study. Uh, I have to admit I wasn't the most studious of students. I thoroughly enjoyed my last semester. The end was near and uh, senioritis had set in quite well. Um, there was a popular song in the 80s that basically said, I had a long way to go and a short time to get there. <laughs> I know who's older. <laughs> Although my family, you know, as, as an almost college graduate with a bright future ahead, I never expected to, have, to face such a tragedy. It seemed like when Danny died, I died too. Right then, I'm right there with my brother. My world was rocked. Although my family and I lived in South Florida, the Lord knew what was best for us. And in his compassion, he gave my parents the mind to take my brother back to Logan, West Virginia, where my family roots are from. One thing to know about Danny was that he was not the most punctual person. The time was merely a suggestion, and my mom often joked that Danny would be late for his own funeral. Well, just so happened, um, Danny took a side trip on his way to West Virginia. They lost, they, they lost his body for a couple of days, and, uh, and yes, he, he, he was late for his own funeral. Uh, and after the funeral, we flew to Fort Lauderdale the following weekend for a memorial service. As Donna and Tracy and I were returning to campus, a somber jolt of reality hit me. I had lost a whole week of school. One thing I learned was that though my life had come to a complete stop, the world kept going. Exams were still going to take place and term papers were still due. The requirements of graduation they didn't change because my circumstance changed. I remember that reality overwhelming me as I flew back from Fort Lauderdale. I had totally forgotten about school and all that still had to be left to do before graduation. I knew myself well enough to know that it was going to be an impossible task, even on a good day. I settled in my room in the catacombs, ready to call defeat and realizing the truth that if I took any incompletes, any of my classes, I knew I would never come back and finish. I just remember sitting there weeping that after four years, I wasn't going to graduate and above all, my brother was dead. Um, everything seemed tremendously hopeless. I began to looking through all the various cards and notes that I had received and um, there was one from Jenny and Lisa. They were two of my friends and classmates They'd written that they wanted to see me as soon as possible. I truthfully didn't want to see anybody. I, I was wondering, how am I going to call my parents and tell them I wasn't going to be able to finish college? They sacrificed so much for me to have the opportunity to come to Covenant. And I was admitting that I was not strong enough to finish. I decided to meet with Jenny and Lisa and what they started to reveal to me took a while to sink in. They shared how they had taken it upon themselves to gather study guides for each class. They had recruited folks willing to tutor me. They had negotiated with my professors uh, when papers were due. 
They had developed a schedule that when folks were available to tutor with me and when I needed to be there, the professors had given me grace and extended the last possible time that they could accept my work and grade it and meet their deadlines. You remember, this was a time before computers and emails. Papers had to be um, written and then edited and typed and in some cases retyped. And uh, my friends gave me the first glimmer of hope. To be honest, I could not think for myself. I was quite the walking zombie. I did not know what to do in my grief. But now I had something to guide my steps. And so we began. I remember being in the line of the great hall and someone asked me how things were going. And I shared that we seemed to have been on track, but I think I had hit a wall. My marketing class professor could not give me an extension. If I could not give my term paper to him at the, the end of the, the class the next day, he would have to give me an incomplete. He apologized, but there was nothing he could do. I would get an incomplete, I could finish during the summer. But if I could not meet that deadline, I was not going to be allowed to walk, and there I wouldn't graduate. I did not see how on earth I could get it done, and that was it. We had tried, we, but we came up short, and as I heard me say this out loud in that line, I, I, I lost it and uh, just started beginning crying in line. I was sitting at the table eating when Trudy Chambers, who was an administrative assistant in records, I believe, she walked over and she put a tape recorder. I need to explain that. It, it, <laughs> and, and she said, if I would dictate and record my paper, she would, uh, if I could get it to her by the end of the day, she would take it home and type it and get it back to me the next day. I got right to work and she was able to type it when I turned it in on time. As I was praying about what to share today, I came across a story in Mark chapter 2 about a group of friends in which one of them was uh, immobile, basically paralyzed. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, word was quickly spreading that he might be the Messiah and that he had the power to heal. As the gospel records the events, these friends decided that they really loved to see their friend healed, and they knew, they knew Jesus could heal him. So they grabbed him up in his bed and they carried him to where Jesus was teaching. Of course, everybody else was curious. And so a big crowd had formed. The gospel tells us that the house where he was teaching was packed. There were so many people that the guys could not even get to the door. So they took him to the roof. As I began to study more about this, I found out that there were these houses, they had like a stairway on the outside up to a veranda. And the roofs were actually made with beams and sticks and mud. It was pretty sturdy. This wasn't just a simple thatched roof. The count said that these friends tore through all that material and were able to lower their friends down into the front of Jesus. Scripture tells us that Jesus saw the faith of the friends and told the paralyzed man to get up and get his mat and go home. When people ask me, what is the spirit of friendship? 
What a better picture could I come up with? Friends who see their buddy in dire straits in a desperate situation and who knows where to take him for help. They knew without a shadow of doubt if they could get him in front of Jesus, he'd be healed. They cared enough and the courage to be persistent. When the front door was blocked, they went to the back door. When the back door was blocked, they looked for a window. When a window wasn't available, they took him to the roof and they ripped it off. If you think about it, it sounds something like my beloved catacombs would do. It was a, it was a daring, risky, ingenious, desperate, chaotic, and beautiful act of faith. Let me ask you, where are you with your friends? Seriously, when you see a friend struggling, are you working to get that person to the one and only ultimate power to heal? Are you willing to put yourself out there? Are you willing to sacrifice your time, your plans, your conveniences to help your friend in need? Are you, realize, are you able to realize that this life, this world isn't about you, but it is about the one that heals and calls us to sacrificial lives that is marked by undeniable love for others. Jesus said that the love that we have for one another is a beautiful picture of what his love is all about. When Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, he said to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This was the greatest and first commandment. And second is like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and prophets hang on these two commandments. It was obvious this inflicted friend could not get there by himself. If he could, I'm sure he would, but sometimes you just can't get there yourself. That's why community and a Christian community specifically is so vital for us. We're not designed to live in isolation. We either need people to help us to get to Jesus or we should be actively helping to get those others to Jesus. What I love about this story, guys ripping the roof off of a building, a body being lowered down, Jesus proclaiming he has the power to forgive sins, then healing a paralyzed man. The best part was that people who witnessed this was amazed and they were compelled to worship and glorify God. I can imagine what that scene must have looked like when the friends came off the roof and embraced and restored their restored friends. I have a feeling that they were running down the streets telling everyone, look, and look what Jesus did. That is what my family desires most, that as you see Jesus work through trials and tragedies, you are led to glorify and worship him. Back to 1988. With all my papers turned in and exams completed, the waiting game began. One by one, I received word that I had passed. I remember clearly the moment that I realized I was graduating. It was somewhat surreal. I was so sad, and yet I was so happy. Uh, it was more like thankfulness. 
The interesting thing was I not only graduated, I finished the semester with the highest grades that of all of my four years. And after walking across the stage and receiving my diploma, all I wanted to do was hug everybody and say thank you. With all the chaos of the occasion, many of those friends who helped me got away before I could say thank you in the way they deserve. But one day, So this is my friend Lisa and me I, when I graduated. It was the first photo of me smiling after Danny's death. The ceremony was held outside in front of chapel. It was a gorgeous day. The class of 88 was the last class that graduated outside. I wish uh, you could have experienced that, but by God's favor, this on, on, on covenant, the classes have gotten too big and and we've become too large. But in conclusion, my prayer for you that in life, I hope you get to experience having friends that will rip the roof off of the, to get you before Jesus when you cannot get there yourself. And that you will be the kind of friend that would be kind and full of faith and courageous and to risk it all to rip the roof off when others are in need. Jesus will be there. He will meet you, give you strength. He will heal and restore. May God have his hand of blessing on you, Scots. Thank you. Matthew 5, 16 states, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Spirit of Friendship Award is not an award to boast one's self-esteem or an attempt to put man on a pedestal. It is an award to let one know that he or she is recognized as a reflection of light, light that is fueled by God alone. This award is a tribute to our heritage of Christian community, a family of believers joined together by the adoption by our Heavenly Father. The Spirit of Friendship Award was founded through the sting of death, but it is an award that celebrates the victory of Christ over death. When my Uncle Danny was killed on this mountain three weeks before my dad's graduation, John was ushered to the throne of mercy by people who put their faith into practice. They showed him compassion when he was hurting. His friends were strong, when he was weak. They were peace and comfort in the midst of his storm. They were his friends and they showed him love. The Spirit of Friendship Award is a way for our family to say thank you to a group of people who have moved on from covenant and to recognize that that same love still exists here in this place. This love is manifested through individuals who set themselves apart even on this campus. This award goes to a person who best demonstrates the essence of what it means to be a light in this world, who reflects Christ's love by meeting the needs of those around them, a true friend. We recognize him or her through the Spirit of Friendship Award, which is funded by the Danny Leslie Bates Memorial Scholarship Fund. Over the years, our family, friends, and Covenant alumni have contributed to this endowment. So on behalf of my family and in memory of my uncle, Danny Leslie Bates, I am honored to present this year's Spirit of Friendship Award to Grace Kwasney.
Thank you all. Wow. I think they know you. <laughs> now you're going to have to say a few words for us. No. <laughs> I, I won't put you on the I understand you have a brother here. Yeah. Who? No, that's not him. Is there another brother? Is he here? Just, what's Jackson? <laughs> Come on up here. They wanted to hear what we were doing today, so they're going to help us, and I think your dad's going to close us in prayer if he can get up here. So, hey, wait, 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 I got things to give you. No, no, they're coming up here. No, on behalf. They can come up. This is what I wish I could do with all my friends, to watch this embrace is to say thank you. And I'm, I'm glad we get the opportunity to say something like that and to have your family here to witness it. And, and um, we, we'd like to present this award. There's a, a $5,000 scholarship that will keep you here and keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we appreciate it. It was one that I got sent today. And I just want to read this one quote, and, and then we get to sing a few more times. It says, Grace Guanzee is, is an I-don't-mind-the-mess kind of friend. She shows up in the thick of it, in the piles of dirty laundry and puddles of tears, and says, I'm here. What can I do? It is a joy to be loved by her. That's the essence of what this is all about. When you see her think about the Spirit of Friendship Award, but think about the faithfulness of God and tragedies in our lives. So, thank you. You want to close us? In? Father in heaven, we are grateful to be gathered together to celebrate friendship and the beauty of friendship. And Lord, we're grateful to you for doing what you do best, which is turning difficult things into beautiful things. So we are grateful to stand here today and be welcomed into your love of friendship, the one who showed us the most incredible friendship by giving your life for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the challenge today to walk in that. We celebrate how Grace has been doing that here and how she's also been loved well by this community, all in response to being loved well by you. So. Father, send us out with the spirit of friendship to be light in a dark world who is in desperate need of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.